Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. As always, my name is Nick Carlisle. And I have the pleasure of being your host as we work together to optimize our lives through any means possible. This episode is brought to you by MyLifeEnchanted.com, which is my newly released website where you can find all things related to the Life Enchanted movement. I have my blog on there that I post to frequently. You can sign up for my email newsletter on there for exclusive content. You can connect to my social media accounts, check out some healthy snack recipes, visit the Creation Admiration Store and find out how you can help support what I'm doing through Patreon. There's a lot more on there as well. The website is constantly being updated and improved, and if you've liked any of the podcast episodes thus far, it's highly likely that you'll enjoy the content that is on there, especially the blog and the email newsletter. Also, please leave a rating and possibly a review of the podcast on whatever platform you're using. Your feedback helps other people discover the show and join the movement. Today's guest is my dude, Thomas Siebert. I'm not going to get too deep into his bio here in the intro because we talk a lot about it in this episode, but I will say that this man is a true inspiration and the real deal. In this episode, we talk about his testimony, overcoming addiction, marriage, going on mission trips, cannabis, prayer, and a whole lot more. So without further ado, please enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Thomas Siebert. All right, sweet, and we're live. Thomas, what's up, dude? What's up, Nick? It's so good to see you, man. Dude, it's awesome that you're here, man. I'm I'm super stoked to talk with you. So just to give uh, the listeners a little bit of background, we went to the same high school. We played football together. We didn't hang out a ton in high school, but we definitely hung out. We had similar friends and whatnot. Um, and then after high school, we kind of went our separate ways like everyone does. Then a couple years ago, we we lost contact, obviously, but then a couple years ago... I saw a super dope video on Facebook that you were the focal point of. It was super well produced and you were kind of sharing your story through it. And I legit watched that thing because it was so inspiring, dude. I watched it, I think probably about 50 times in the first week because it legit like gave me inspiration. <laughs> it, it really, really did. Um, and I shared it on Facebook and I, I, I said some words about you and it was just... It was so cool, dude, to, to see how transformed you were. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share with the listeners a little bit about your testimony and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. And I know that's loaded, dude, so we can get, <laughs> we can get question, in deep right? here. It's going to get real raw. And um, first, I want to thank you again, you know, Nick, uh, for having uh, me and my wife here. We're, we're grateful to be here. Um, and just to kind of just encourage you as well before we get started. Um, it's incredible to see what you're doing with your podcast and just the the message that you're sharing of hope and just joy and goodness with people. So keep it up, man. That's so cool. Thank you, dude. Um, with regards to the video, man, um, that was a project, you know, we did, uh, I, or I did in uh, my English uh, 2B class, I think, um, a, a secular college, city college in San Francisco. Mm. And, you know, I just felt like, like where I was, you know, I don't know, to, in in high school, man, like if we, if we start there, um, I was in a very bad place, mm-hmm. you know, and 
God brought me to this new horizon, this new place, and I just needed to talk about it. Yeah. So like I did that video, but um, we won't go into the video. We'll talk. I'm we'll gonna put that raw. video, dude. I'm gonna put that video uh, link in the show notes. I'm sure I could. It's still on Facebook, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sweet. So for all the listeners, if you want to check out that video before we dive in, so you can get a little context here, I'll put the video link in the show notes. If you just click on the description, you'll be able to find it. It's a super dope video, and it's well done, and it will inspire you. And what's also cool, dude, before we dive in, is you just prayed over this podcast, and it was powerful. I appreciate that, man. It's the first time I've prayed with someone before a podcast, and it, it might set the standard for, for people who are believers coming in here, you know? And just so the listeners are aware, it sounds like the landscapers are at my house, so if there's a subtle hum in the background, I'll do my best in, in post-production to get rid of that, but we apologize in advance. All right, so with that said, Tom, let's dive into that. All right, let's do it. So... I, I grew up in a, a good family, good family, Macklemore's, um, my, my aunts, my, my cousins, my grandpa, good home when I was growing up, had a lot of family involvement, um, but at seven, my, my, my parents got divorced, and uh, I went with my mom, and we moved around a lot, I was very independent, very creative, just wanting to, to learn and grow and be accepted, and big imagination, um, just no direction really, and you know, we moved out to, to Loomis area, um, and I just wanted to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. And this is like freshman in high school. I, I loved sports. Mm-hmm. I was really passionate about sports and just loved people. And so I wanted to be friends with everybody. Um, but I didn't have any structure or direction in my life with my father not being there. And I that was the beginning of a lot of bad decisions and choices and mm. repercussions and consequences. Mm. And so I got into, you know, got into high school, um, loved hanging out with people, um, got caught up with girls and smoking weed and drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it progressed, mm-hmm. you know, it progressed. Um, you didn't really see the, the consequences that soon. It was a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. And um, little did I know that I was going to pay for it. Yeah. And in high school, I made a, a lot of bad decisions, um, you know, with my relationships with friends, like, you know, um, losing a really good friend of mine because I'm just being an idiot, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, just like with girls and getting with girls and using drugs and just just so lost and mm-hmm. aimlessly living my life. Yeah. Um, so it continued to progress. I managed to graduate high school. And did a little city college and I got into, you know, painkillers and opiates, um, mm-hmm. started selling drugs, started selling weed, selling opiates, hanging out with the, the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. It was really masked, though, because um, we had an apartment, we had nice things. So it, from the outside, it looked OK. Yeah. You know, it was uh, intoxicating. It was inviting. But what you didn't see is the depression or the anxiety or the, you know, the just despair in people's lives. And that you know caught up to me getting um uh in our our our, our apartment getting um the the cops coming in and just who were you raiding. living with um we were living with or it was mike nix and just me and mike nix and uh so just some in, other cat just some other okay. guy yeah did and, like your family know that you had struggles with addiction or anything like that or substance abuse or were you keeping that on the low or was it open um it was it was on the low for sure. Yeah. Like she didn't, my mom and I didn't have really any relationship with my dad at this point. Gotcha. Um, but my mom knew like there were symptoms, obviously my behavior yeah. um, was 
crazy, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so there's yeah, obviously yeah. indicators that I was not doing right, but um, I didn't. She didn't know the depth, and she was probably naive and yeah. you know, kind of codependent and wanting the best of her son. And totally, um, which is common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, it just kind of progressed and um, getting raided, facing consequences with the law, mm-hmm. um, beginning to be addicted to opiates and being dependent on drugs. Um, it really spiraled out of control to mm-hmm. where, you know, I'm, I'm robbing people, I'm committing home invasion, um, you know, wow. just craziness, stealing cars, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, all just, to support basically all to get financial gains so that you could support a habit. Yeah. Is that, yeah. What was the feeling that you had of being one way with your mom and then having this darker side that she nor anyone else really knew about, like the whole mask concept. Can you talk mm-hmm. about that and how damaging that was? Yeah. I, you know, I always honored and respected my mom. I learned that at a young age to respect your leaders, your, mm-hmm. your elders, which I got that from my grandfather and my family. Um, so I never disrespected her. Mm-hmm. You know, I would always just do what I wanted to do, but like I would never say, never cuss at her or get, I knew I was wrong. Yeah. You know, in my heart, I knew I was wrong. And I can remember um, when I was actually living with her, I, it might've been before I got, before I got uh, saved. It was, uh, I was at her house and I was, I was in the bathroom and I was using heroin in her bathroom and, um, she's banging on the door. She's like, what are you doing in there? I know you're using. And, oh, wow. um, you know, I come out and I'm all enamored and I'm, I'm, I'm loaded. And she's like, why don't you just die already? You're killing yourself and I can't see you live like this anymore. And, wow. you know, I was so just broken and empty and I just had no remorse. And I'm like, I'm out of here. And I left and I packed my bags and I got my car and I left and I didn't go back. I just left. And that was the last time I really saw my mom for a while. That whole dynamic of um, hiding a huge part of yourself from people who love you. So hiding from like hiding your addiction or hiding something that you're struggling with from people who love you and wearing a mask in front of them so that they don't see that other side of yourself. That's, that's so damaging. And I think that that translates not to just like substance abuse, but whether just like just lifestyle or cheating or Mm -hmm. lying or just like not confessing things, bottling things up Mm -hmm. that people can't, that that you're not sharing with people, just keeping those things inside you is poison and it just eats you from the inside Mm -hmm. out. It's like, you just gotta, it's so healthy to just talk to people and to tell people what you're going through, what you're struggling with, whether it's substance abuse or whether it is, I don't know, whatever it is, self-harm or anything like that, anxiety. It's like, just get that stuff out of you, but it's hard to, it's hard Mm -hmm. to be that vulnerable, but it will deteriorate you from the inside out. And I say that from experience and I know you, you felt that as well, man. That's, that's tough. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and you know, as I, I go and I leave, leave my house, I, uh, you know, continued to just spiral out of control and until like, uh, how old it, were you? I was 20, I was 22, 22, 22. Gotcha. Yeah. This is right before, you know, I got saved mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I got in trouble with the law was in jail. And I, I talk about this in the video that, um, my, when I encountered God and I was, you know, I was in jail, I was withdrawn off of heroin, just broken and just so alone and just hurting and knowing that like. I deserved everything where I was at and mm-hmm. 
And I, I said, I, I, in that moment, in that jail cell, I lifted up a prayer. I said, God, if you're real, I need you. Mm-hmm. I need you to intervene in my life. And in that moment, I felt the presence of God come down in a real way. And it, it wasn't as if like at church, like I had been to church, but this was a, a real encounter where I had encountered the God that had created me, that mm-hmm. had a plan and a purpose for my life. And Amen. in that moment, I just felt just so warm that he had a plan. And he was like, I love you. I have a plan. You're better than this. You can do this. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, I, so I got out of jail with this, just this eagerness, this, this hope, you know, mm-hmm. that I had, okay, God is real and I mm-hmm. need to change my life. And I ended up getting into a program called Teen Challenge. Mm-hmm. And this program is changing people's lives. It's restoring lives. It's restoring families. It's an incredible organization. I was there for one year and that's when I, I learned about God. I learned how to pray. I learned about how to read the Bible. I didn't know nothing, man. I yeah. didn't know anything. And I'm just yeah. like, okay, God, I'm, I'm here. I didn't want to be there. I'm yeah. like, there's times where I want to go, but I was like, I knew I needed to be there. And just encountering God and just learning the, the word and developing these new relationships and what you were talking about, talking about things. Mm-hmm. Like I was in a home of just broken men, just mm-hmm. broken mm-hmm. men. And we were so vulnerable and raw with each other, like, we, we don't got it together, guys. Yeah. We're messed up. We need we need to work this thing out. And it was just such a, a raw bond that we uh, we begin to have in prayer. And we begin to just pray with each other and seek the Lord and learn it all together. Mm. And those men that uh, I was in the program with are actually doing incredible today. These, these four men. Uh, one of them is a sheriff. Oh, wow. Um, Michael Erickson, good friend. I was at his wedding. Um, he's a sheriff. Another wow. another friend, Matt Swisshelm. He's a, uh, he's a pastor and a realtor. I officiated his wedding. Wow. Another friend, wow. Uh, Sam, he's a children's pastor. Um, and another friend, he's he works at Teen Challenge. He's, he's a, a personal trainer and just incredible fruit from That's this ministry so cool. that God has really transformed lives. And um, yeah, and then it, the story just gets better. It yeah. just gets so better, So real man. quick, before that, so let's go back to that night in the jail cell. Did yeah. you have any history with faith? Did you did you grow up going to church every once in a while? Or, or can you explain your experience with it prior to that moment? There would be, uh, yeah, I mean, when I, was, uh, when I was 12, I had lived with my aunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, my aunt Gina, Gina McLemore, and uh, Uncle Robert, and they played a, a very vital role in my faith. Actually, they they were the ones praying for me, mm. you know, believing that God would do a, do a miracle, and um, you know, they would take me to church sometimes. They would take me to church on Sunday, and I'd be there for the girls, like yeah, trying yep. to holler at the girls, and Amen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but there was like little like little things that I, I resonate with when I hear like a song, like a worship song from like the nineties. I'm like, yeah. I know this song. Yep. Yeah. You know, little things would just resonate in my heart. And I knew deep down that what I was doing was wrong and I wanted the genuine, I wanted something real. Uh-huh. And, um, so like, and my mom, of course she would take me like Christmas and Easter. So I'd be like yeah. a creaster. I would only go to church on those holidays. <laughs> a creaster. You know, That's the first and, that. I love that. But, um, yeah, man. But I didn't see it modeled. I didn't yeah. see faith modeled in my home at all. Do you feel like as you were using and as you were in those dark places that you had almost subconsciously, but in the back of your mind somewhere that God was going to be the ultimate answer for what you were going through? Or or did it or did it just spontaneously come on you when you when you were at the lowest point of your life? I would say that I, I, 
well, I know now it was God speaking, yeah. but I didn't really know what it was. Like there was mm. a, a nudge or your conscience or like deep down that, you know, what I was doing was wrong, mm-hmm. but it was so organic how it happened. It wasn't like Christian and I don't agree with Christianity and faith being pushed on anybody. Yeah. I believe that everybody is unique. Yeah. Everyone has their own path and journey in life. And, um, you know, God will speak to you in a, a unique way that's personal to you. It's yeah, a, it's a relationship and it was so organic how it happened like um, with with me and where I was at in my life that God just intervened and mm-hmm. it's, it's super radical but yeah. that's what it took for me yeah you know and um, but now I know that God was there the whole time yeah you know kind of like hey man I'm here yeah yeah you know so what what did you pray in that jail cell if you could summarize that like what what did you say I said help. Yeah. <laughs> I said I said help. Yeah. Um I was broken. Yeah. I was so messed up, man. I didn't know who I was. I I was I knew I was a heroin addict. Uh-huh. I was a liar. I was a cheat. I was a thief. I was I was just a dirtbag, man. I was a horrible, horrible person. And I knew that's not who I wanted to be. Yeah. And I knew that's not who God designed me to be. Yeah. And I knew that Amen. there was there was more for me and um that's what I prayed. I just was raw. Yeah. I, I didn't know how to pray, man. I just Dude. knew my circumstances, my brokenness, my totally. was real. And, and it's like, I needed to process. I needed to talk about that stuff. And yeah. that's when I, I started to pray. Yeah. There's no, there's no secret prayer that unlocks God's communication. Mm-hmm. He's, he's always there and he's always listening. And it's literally just a conversation like you'd have with any other person, any other being. It's just, just talk to him, you know, and I've, I've spoken with friends that we have together, mm-hmm. um, about this. And it's like, man, I don't know how to pray. I don't know where, where to start. And it's like, dude, just start talking to God, yep. you know, like, God, I need you like, show me a sign, help me reveal yourself to me, talk to me, whatever right. it is. And, and those things work. Yep. Those things really do work. Like even like a practical thing, like if you're married, you know, and like, okay, there's a conflict with your wife, an argument. It's like, it's good to, you know, sep- just, okay, I'm going to just separate. I'm going to let the emotion die down. And I'm like, God, you know, help me, help me respond how I should respond. Help yeah. me navigate this conflict, how I should yeah. navigate this conflict, you know, and just being able to, um, you know, process a situation or a hardship or a shortcoming with the Lord is helpful and you'll go more clear headed into that situation and respond like Christ you totally. know, with God's character. It's like, totally. it's, it's hard work. And you said earlier that, you know, it's hard to be a Christian. I think it's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. It's easy to have no, have no self-control and just kind of fall into those urges and yeah. flesh. It's hard to be a person of integrity. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be someone who serves and helps their community and helps people and helps mold and shape lives. Cause it's sacrifice. It's huge sacrifice. Totally. So it's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. But it's the most rewarding, you know, Amen. it's the most fruitful. And I think that's also a, a sign of spiritual maturity is what I'm discovering is that like the more spiritual mature you are and the further you are along, you are along in your relationship with Christ, it's almost like the more informal your prayer life becomes because it's yeah, just constant it. communication be throughout the day. It's yeah. not like you're, you're sitting down and saying like, dear heavenly father, hallowed be thy name. You know, you're not like <laughs> right. doing these super like formal prayers. It's just yeah. like, wow, Lord, that was a cool en- encounter. Right. Thank you for that. Yeah. Or like, Lord, lead me through this conversation. You're with me here. It's just like these informal 
communications that you have throughout the day and that that's a sign of spirit spiritual maturity it's just like he just fills up your day and it's hard to get to that point but like i'm sure you can um relate to this it's like as you grow in your faith Mm -hmm. those little conversations become more and more prevalent and your days become more and more hopeful Mm -hmm. and and more and more (laughs) just like peaceful and you have so much more rest Mm -hmm. um but I think that's a huge sign of spiritual maturity that that people who aren't necessary believers they don't they don't realize that mm-hmm. you know it's not just like some formal thing where you have to get on your knees and that's the only time you can pray God God wants to have a relationship with yeah. you like what we believe is that he loves you and he wants to talk with you he wants to be there with you and like he's inviting you you know the bible says seek and you will find mm-hmm. so if you seek you're going to find that's that's truth come on you know? it's truth yeah so um you went to teen challenge <laughs> that was awesome for you yeah and then what's transpired after team Ch- teen challenge well uh i got my license my pastoral license i was a college pastor in san francisco did media and creative arts mm. uh we hosted a lot of events like creative arts events um you know like uh drama dance creative writing spoken word uh just creative ways to communicate our faith and share what god's done in our lives started a clothing line called art of the covenant yeah uh begin to travel the world i went to uh india twice i ministered to over ten thousand people worked at an orphanage in india wow. went to africa liberia um went to nicaragua san salvador um Philippines three times. We're about to go to the Philippines again in May, wow. May 28th. Just begin to just be available and like, dude, I don't know what is happening in my <laughs> life, bro. It's like, where am I? Like, yeah. I'm in another place, another yeah. country. And it's because I said yes. I, said, yeah. I just surrounded myself with pe- godly people and mentors and a healthy community where I can flourish and thrive and where I could be challenged and held accountable. Yeah. And um, just... I just stood in the com- most uncomfortable position yeah. I could possibly be in. That's so good. You know, and um, I got married to an amazing, amazing woman. And um, I couldn't have prayed any harder yeah. to be with this an incredible, just an incredible woman. And uh, her family loves the Lord. They're, they live uh, a life of purpose and humility and integrity. And uh, seeing my wife work with kids and just her brighten somebody's day her smile she'll get down in their world and just love on them and encourage them and speak god's identity over them and it's like god i want a wife like that i want a woman like that who loves you who loves people and i prayed man (laughs) i prayed hard and i was persistent and uh you know god's like yes you know let's let's do it and uh so i got married in may may uh fifth it's almost one year actually wow a couple yeah of days. coming up yeah. four days yeah, yeah. Congrats. so thank you man that's awesome and uh yeah just good god's been good oh we did you want to interject something before i go on there's a couple um, other things but... i wanted to dive in a little bit about the missions because you've been on a ton you just yeah. listed a ton of crazy yeah. crazy countries that's <laughs> amazing um what what have you learned from those? What have been your biggest takeaways from from being in those places and, and ministering to those people and just seeing those people? Yeah, I would say the way that they do life at a different pace. And I can remember going to the Philippines and in 2014 and just being so overwhelmed with love and hospitality. Hmm. Like I remember... And these are like these are like impoverished areas, right? That yeah. you're in, yeah, super impoverished areas. Um, 
half of the year it's flooded and their homes are flooded and um, going there to the Philippines and being greeted by 300 kids just so loving and kind and just and, and people just so warm and just welcoming you into their life and wanting to do relationship what challenged me is the way that they do relationship and family that dynamic and how much they valued that mm. and um, they're so content and I, I'm sure you heard this all the time but people that don't have as much they seem to be more happy and content yeah. and absolutely I echo that you know that's absolutely true that they're content and happy and full and but I would say how they do relationship is really challenge uh, challenges me in American culture and what, so what do they do? What are some aspects of their relationships that you've noticed? I would say just how the hospitality and how they want to serve you. Really, it's like so how humility can, almost. Yeah, wow. humility. Um, how they can serve you, how they can take care of you, like bringing us food, or and it's like we're there to to minister and try mm-hmm. to help them, but. It's like they're they're out serving us any day of the yeah, week, man. Yeah. They, I'm like, okay, Lord, let me get that heart. Let me get that heart. And yeah. so it really challenges um, just that independent grind. I'm going to get mine kind of thing, but mm-hmm. more community. There's a saying, or it's actually a, a trait. Uh, it's called a kapwa. It's a, a feel like a a Filipino like characteristic or a principle, and it means togetherness. Hmm. And it's like a foundational. Uh, thing in their culture and I see that you know it's like they believe in togetherness like mm-hmm. th- you'll they might have like 50 people in one home but um straight <laughs> extreme up, togetherness straight up, extreme <laughs> a little together for me maybe but um but again just how they value their family and they take care of each other that's you know? awesome that's super cool yeah I wrote a blog post about something that I thought was super interesting this dude Tim Ferriss who's um a podcaster and tech investor and just super all around interesting dude you might know who he is he talked about in one of his podcasts he was in ethiopia and he noticed all the how how happy all the ethiopian people were and he was talking with one of the locals there and he asked the local dude he said why are your people so happy man why are your people so happy and he said we're all born happy and we we don't have much but we all love each other and we're all happy but the people who aren't as happy are the people who get tvs wow and i was like that's super like to notice that it's like wow that's super interesting and then that brings up a whole new like that brought up in me like a whole new thought process. Okay, why why is that? And I think it just comes down to comparison, right? And exposure. Like you're exposing yourself um, to this whole world of the Kardashians and the, you know, real housewives and the, you know, NBA players and MTV crib type stuff. And it's like, that's, that's showing you what you don't have. And then all of a sudden you have all this comparison robbing you of your joy. And I just thought that was super interesting. Yeah, I want to go ahead and echo on that just a lot right now. So, like, I'm really fascinated with the idea of, like, Genesis and um, Adam and Eve and the story that, you know, God designed us for relationship, Mm. to be in relationship with God. And, you know, I feel like that, like, the, the natural state of everything that we are designed for relationship there's something inside of us that um is activated when we do life with each other when mm-hmm. we do community it's like that's when we're at our heightened or we're, we're joy we're overflowing we're excited so god's put that in us because we're supposed to have a relationship with him yeah you know amen. so that 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 drive that craving is like the thing that fills that is being with each other yeah and with regards to the the tv thing 
my wife and I were watching this uh, TED talk, excuse me, and it was uh, about we're not distracted, we're overstimulated mm. by all the devices and all the technology from screen to screen. And um, that's so true, man. There's like yeah. so many things that are trying to captivate our mind and overstimulated. So we're trying to set healthy boundaries on our devices, like to just kind of unplug from any kind of technology, Yeah. you know, YouTube videos or, you know, our devices Yeah. and really just, you know, just slow down, slow yeah. down, be with each other, talk, talk about our day or read. And it's been, and it helps a lot. And in the, the Ted talk, it was saying how he did a study and it was eight days. He, he uh, only used 30 minutes of screen time and he was more focused. He was more creative. He mm. was more present. And it just shows you that, you know, these these devices, these phones are, they're a tool. They're, they are a gift, but you have to be wise and you have to be disciplined and have yeah. accountable accountability or, mm -hmm. you know, you have to be smart with them. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the things that you guys have put in place with each other? Like, what are some of the rules in quotes? Um, I mean... We pretty much hold each other. We're not perfect, it's just man. Kind of we were trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we say, our our baby is seven o'clock. Let's turn off our devices. Yeah, no Instagram. Good. No, I like Skillshare or YouTube. I'm always learning. I'm always watching something, trying to just sharpen my craft and, yeah. and skills yeah. and stuff. And so it's like, okay, phones off. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's that's one role. Biggest um, I kind of. I mean, of course, we do our devotions every morning. Mm -hmm. um, we read our Bible. We pray. Mm -hmm. um, but. Can you talk about praying with your wife? Because yeah. I think that there's a lot of people, including myself, it's not easy to pray yeah. with your significant <laughs> other, but it's, I think, one of the most powerful things in a marriage. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of Christians and believers out there um, that don't necessarily get vulnerable and pray with their significant other. Can you Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I would say prayer with your wife is the most intimate intimate yeah. thing yeah like i can remember like right before where we were we got engaged and um you know we were we're in ministry working full-time but you know we're preparing for like an event or something like that and i see my wife in this uh like prayer room or this catacombs at our church and i see her and you know she's praying to the lord and it's an intimate moment and i come in and you know i hold her and i begin to pray with her and just come alongside her prayer and agree together mm -hmm. and when you agree there's so much power when you agree together for an, a goal or accomplishment or to persevere through a hardship like god just intervenes he yeah, just shows dude. up man, yeah. and he just like Amen. gives you the strength that you need to you know overcome that whatever it is if it's financial or or if it's like family related or personal whatever it is god can do it if yeah. you invite him into your relationship you're going to see it grow it be vibrant and be full of love and forgiveness and mm -hmm. that's how god designed it he yeah. designed us for a partner to have somebody to do life with and it has been my greatest joy to, to be married and just to do life and to go after goals together and to mm -hmm. when we have kids we haven't we don't have kids yeah, yet yeah, but yeah. um just to have a family and to leave leave a legacy there's nothing more beautiful than that if god's at the center of it mm -hmm. yeah man i i totally relate with to that and and just the power of that prayer with your wife dude is like Lindsay and i have been attempting and we're not super solid on it but we've been much more diligent than we have been on praying together in the morning and 
it's a way of communicating your heart to your significant other without like doing it in conversation to each other through doing it like exposing your heart to the lord is is like so you're being so honest with him and you're kind of opening yourself up in a way that you don't you can't necessarily do to your spouse and they're able to witness that and they're able to kind of see like oh that's, that's what's in his heart like he that's what he wants that's what he's praying for that's what he's thankful for and mm-hmm. like you said a lot of the times like there's agreement in there and she's like man i I agree with, with, you know, Thanksgiving for whatever it is, my family or the girls or protect the girl's health or protect our marriage or walk with us through this financially hard time or whatever it is. And there's so much power there and so much sweetness there that it's like, it's an unspoken way almost to be on the same page about things. Because afterward, it's not like you really talk about these things, but you both witnessed each other expressing these things to the Lord. And it's like, you know where each other's at. Amen, bro. That's yeah, it's so it, solid, man. dude. It's so <laughs> solid. Um, yeah, man. So, so what else has happened? I know, you started a company, right? It's called yeah. Innovation Canopy. Yeah. What's up with that? So, um, we were in ministry for six years, and we felt like God was saying um, to take a year off and to focus on our marriage. And if you're in ministry or work, if you just get married. In the Bible, there's it says Deuteronomy 24, don't send the man to war, but send him to his wife to uh, contribute to the joy and the love and build that strong foundation with his wife. Hmm. So we took a year off of ministry. It didn't ever stop. I mean, ministry never stops because yeah. we're Christian. We have to, we just, it's just an overflow of our life. Yeah. But um, we took that year off and we just, we traveled. We were able to go to Europe and we started this company, Innovation Canopy, and we believe that God birth this company in us to help illustrate and um, illustrate people's visions or dreams. The thing that God's put inside of you, we want to help cultivate that. We want to bring that to life. We want to help illustrate that vision that God's given you. So mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, kind of progressed and God just blessed it. He just blessed it. And we're doing like building websites, um, you know, um, brand identity, mm. um, UI and UX design, app design, oh, uh, wow. graphic design, um, and it's just like God just blessed it and started setting us up with um, clients and, and people in San Francisco. And it's just like we get to blow up. And we work with a lot of nonprofits. Yeah. Um, uh, great. Uh, Ripple Effect 22 is a great nonprofit we work with. They're changing lives and urban mm-hmm. urban youth. Uh, we're hosting uh, Derek Minor and Canon. I designed, I did a video for them. Really? And, yeah. And um, if you guys don't know who Derek Minor is, you need to check out his music. He's a super dope rapper. He's, he's, de- he's dope. Yeah. So, you know, helping promote events, um, you know, help uh, solve business problems. We do a lot of like websites for coffee shops in the city or, um, yeah, any kind of web development. Or if you have an idea, mm-hmm. we want to help bring that out. We want to help build you up brand. Yeah. And, um, yeah, God's, God's been blessing it, man. But that, that's not our, like, that's not our, it's not our heart. That's not all that God has for us. We know that there's more and our year is about to be up. Yeah. So we're we're praying where God wants us to invest our lives to start our family. Mm-hmm. You know, um, opportunities have come up um, with ministry positions and things like that. But we do know we want to we want to plant a, a church in the future. We would love to plant one in San Francisco. Oh wow! And have like a coffee shop um, kind of church and do be able to do like book studies, Bible studies, uh, creative events. Um, also, you know, work on projects or kind of rally people together to work on projects if it's like oh we want to plan an orphanage or we want to build a school or we want to 
do this, something we want to come alongside and partner with people in that. So the vision is big, man. We're yeah, we're, we're super awesome. juiced, but it's it would be God to make all that possible. Yeah, if that was gonna happen. That's so awesome, man. You've when you were talking, I had memories spark up of you in high school, and you were always pretty into. You always had a a vision for aesthetic, and you were mm-hmm. always pretty creative. I remember you like being able to draw like graffiti type stuff super well and like yeah. do some sick design stuff. So that's awesome that you're able to kind of tap into that and, and leverage it. Where can people find your company at? Uh, innovationcanopy.com. Cool. Um, you could follow us on Instagram as well. It's uh, at T-H-M-S-S-B-R-T, which okay. is my name. Um, but innovationcanopy.com, they can see some of our, our work there. That's dope. That's super dope. So how can you kind of compare and contrast your life? I mean, we've kind of touched on this, but like, how was life different now as a follower of Christ than it was, you know, when you were 20? I mean, outside of like the drug use and stuff like that, just like normal everyday life. How how was it different? Mentality wise, I guess. (laughs) Day and night, man. Uh, I would say, you know, everything's completely different. The way Mm -hmm. I look at life, the way um, I do relationship. Um, You know, high school, I learned a lot. Like, I was an idiot. I made a lot of bad Mm -hmm. mistakes. I regret, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I hurt people that I care about, I really love, and I still believe in. And Mm -hmm. um, I would say the way I do relationships and um, my decisions, and I try to be one. I try to live what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like I tell my wife, I don't want to be behind a pulpit or anything unless I'm living it because the conviction, the authenticity will not be there. Yeah. And I lived a lie, you know, up until my, my twenties, you know, early Mm -hmm. twenties. And I don't want that. And like you were talking about earlier, it deteriorates you Mm -hmm. as a person. You don't really know who you are and your identity because it's like, you say this, but you know, it's like deep down, you know that your character doesn't line up with that. So it's like, I want, my character to sustain me where my vision or my gifts or things, I want my character to sustain me. So I'm really intentional about my decisions and, um, making good choices and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, putting myself in good healthy environments where I can grow, where I can be challenged, Mm -hmm. um, you know, being, um, transparent and just upfront, like, so people can see very open, you know, so people can see my life and, just modeling Christ, yeah. doing my best to model the Lord. Yeah, man. Yeah. There's, again, just to reinforce it, there's so much power in being vulnerable and open and being your unapologetic self. I mean, I, I feel like that the younger people can embrace that, the less issues they're going to have later. Um, what advice would you give? Because like right now, dude, I'm a high school teacher, as you know, and there's like marijuana and drugs are just like rampant i mean there's kids vaping in the bathrooms at our high school all day long <laughs> and, um, i think like, i saw a video you posted one and he was like you're like no vaping he's yeah. like oh he got some caught kid was inhaling my diffuser dude i'm like dude that's that's lavender <laughs> that's not good bro <laughs> um but what advice would you have to the because we were both in high school and we were seeing the same stuff, dude. And it's like, you're just so stupid in high school. What advice do you have for these young cats? That there's more to life than high school. Mm. That that's so powerful in and of itself. (laughs) They don't realize that. No, man. I think the foundation, like, okay, like 
whatever you, if you invest your time into your schoolwork and, you know, listen to your, your teachers and, um, your, your parents and really humble yourself and like, and learn from them, glean from them and invest in your work yeah. that it's going to pay off. Like you're going to be able to build that strong foundation, yes. you know, where you can build your life. And if you begin to dabble in, you know, weed and partying, all these things, like, really you're just it's it's empty there's no mm-hmm. there's no future in that it's just going to get worse and worse and you're going to need these things to be happy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's like there's more happiness a pureness in life when you begin to overcome insecurities when you yeah. begin to overcome uh social anxiety when you yeah. begin to um overcome offense yes. and um criticism from your peers and a lot of these people like you're trying to please these people that you don't even like yeah. that Honestly, like I have three or four very close friends and then it's like not everybody likes you. Not everybody's going to celebrate you mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like know that and like be, but build the strong relationships, but invest in yourself right now. This is a time to cultivate you as a person and yeah. to grow in your education and really find out what you're called to do in life. Because I heard an awesome quote, uh, I think it was in Alexander Hamilton, but it was like, a legacy is planting seeds in a garden that you'll never see. Mm. And it's like living a life that you're you're proud of, that people can can see and that there's like value. And you did something in this world. You made a mark. You you met a need. You built an orphanage. You built a school. You you add you did something in the community. That's something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you make a lot of money and have nice things, who cares? Like yeah. a lot of people have that and they're they're jerks. They're I mean yeah. like you don't yes. want that. So really work on yourself and don't be so caught up with, with popularity and yeah. who's cool or who's not cool. You're cool if you're doing your homework, bro. You're yeah. cool if you're listening to your teachers. Yeah. You're, you're cool if you're listening to your parents. You're cool if you're not smoking weed. You're cool mm-hmm. if you're not doing drugs, man. I there's You're just setting yourself up for success. Totally, man. That That is so true. There's so much wisdom there. And something that I, I think about constantly that I try and communicate to my students that it like, it like troubles me, dude, when I think about because I can only imagine the amount of, amount of regret that some of these dudes have because like you and I could both think of dudes in high school that were popular, that were jocks, that were the face of the party, the life of the party, everyone liked, everyone respected on campus, everyone feared on campus, they're getting MVP awards and stuff like that, but they weren't doing their schoolwork, they were failing their classes, they weren't planting these seeds as you mentioned, and then all of a sudden they're 25, 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And they got nothing. All, high school goes away. Like you said, high school is not real life. And like, I know that these dudes are filled with regret. Mm-hmm. And that breaks my heart because yeah. they can't get that back. And I, it literally troubles me to think like, these dudes and these girls have so much regret in their heart. For Like they could go back, wishing they could go back and like, man, I should have just tried hard on those exams. I should have just taken the SAT. I should have just got my associate's degree. I should have done whatever it is. And it's like, I see now as a teacher, I see students that are on that same path that are just like, screw it. And like their classmates think they're funny and it kind of like perpetuates that mentality that they have. And they're just like failing all their classes. And like, I see them at the skate park when I'm going to like, you know, Taylor's or LBB down the road. And like, I see these dudes at the skate park, like just listening to horrible music. And like, you know, I see smoke clouds every once in a while around them. I'm Mm -hmm. like, dang, man, these, these are those kids. And like in, in 10 years, they're going to be like, I shouldn't have been doing that. And what a horrible way to live. Yeah. Um, 
I can remember, uh, uh, like in San Francisco, like I, you know, I was, I work at, was working in the city at the church and I would see, you know, kids, you know, students and they'd be out smoking weed and, um, I'd get off of, or I'd, during lunch or whatever, I'd go to across the street to Safeway, grab some food or something. And I'd see these kids smoking weed and just, you know, just chopping it up and just hanging out. And like, it broke my heart, you know, mm-hmm. just thinking of where I was or my sisters, where they're at and the things that they're doing. And like, but I, I was tired. I was busy. I was like, I was moving. I was like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to, I don't want to say anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep moving. But I felt convicted. Yeah. I felt convicted. I'm supposed to say something. And I'm like, God, if I see them again, I'm going to say something. The next day after work, I saw them super tired. I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to talk. God. I don't want to go home. But I see these kids. And like, I see these kids and, you know, I see this, this girl and I'm like, you know, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not going to tell you to stop smoking weed, stop having sex, whatever. I'm gonna, I just want to share something with you guys. And I said, you know, I did that. I smoked weed. I, I was drinking and it was left me empty. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's just like I that I know that there's more for you guys. That this stuff is not going to satisfy. It's not going to fulfill you. And I looked at one of the, the the girls and I said, "Your identity is not if this man likes you, if this boy likes you. God has a plan and purpose, and you're you're special. You're treasured in Him. There's mm-hmm. more for you than this." And I could see her eyes begin to fill up with with tears and just um, that like something resonated in her heart. Something ha- ha- she understood mm-hmm. that she was trying to seek this validation from these boys or just hanging out and smoking weed and. I never saw her there again with those boys smoking weed oh, wow. ever again. That's awesome. And just, you know, so it's like, you know, just any opportunities that we can to just invest or just like, you know, just try to encourage the younger generation yeah. and um, yeah. do it. I think it's important to address as well um, some arguments that would come up from a high schooler listening to this would be like, well, weed's legal now and it's proved it's not harmful and stuff like that. And there's valid arguments there. And like, I, I am fond of cannabis in certain instances like it helps people absolutely medicinally but if you're abusing it as you every single day as you are going throughout high school and as your adolescence and as your brain is growing because your brain is constantly developing and what's occurring is these kids are smoking weed as their brain's developing and they're filling their, their brain with these chemicals and their brain is forming around these chemicals and then later in life if they don't have the weed, they're missing a part of their brain that's formed and then they can't operate correctly because they learned how to operate with cannabis as opposed to someone who didn't grow up abusing cannabis and wasn't using it a ton rec- recreationally that might be 35 year- years old and has some issue and might supplement like some edible cannabis or something like that. That is a whole different scenario. And I'm not saying that that's completely wrong and I don't do not condemn that person. In fact, I support that person especially if they're choosing that over something that comes out of an orange bottle like please do that but um it's it's important to be aware that abusing cannabis recreationally as your brain is developing and treating it just as an intoxicant is gonna ruin your life and it's gonna create things in your mind that are gonna be tough to overcome later and i think that speaks to a lot of the issues that we see and that our friends are seeing yeah if you could just repeat that like four times so your audience can hear that again because like that's the truth like yeah you know their brains are still forming and growing and it's like you're gonna mess up the process like yes don't add stuff that's not supposed to be there let your brain fully develop because you're not gonna get that back you only get one of those man. i know, I know it's tough 
That's super tough. So it feels like, dude, you're like super in tune with, with the Holy Spirit. And for those listening that don't really know about the Holy Spirit, I guess it's as believers, when you when you put your faith in God and you decide to to give your life to Jesus, you are imparted with the Holy Spirit. That is what we believe. That's what That's the right. Bible says. And the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And it seems like you you follow those inklings because there are inklings that come from the Holy Spirit when it, when it communicates with you. Can you can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I I would say that you know the when you have like a nudge to do right mm. by somebody or help somebody that could add value to their life or, you know, add encouragement or add some sort of knowledge to mm. their life that it's an opportunity for you to, and have an influence and an impact on somebody's life. Mm. And, or if you just see somebody going through a hard time and it's like they're depressed or they're hurting and you come alongside and it's like, Hey man, I'm here. Like want to talk about it or you know, that's being nudged by the Holy Spirit. It's like, I mean, you, for, for us as believers, it's like, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe pe- people in the secular world earn just life just by doing good deeds, you know, helping people, being kind, mm-hmm. being, um, you know, loving and, and just our listener, just being present, I guess, and yeah. engaged in your world and the community that you live in or your home. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of opportunities for you to do right. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage you to take those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, those those subtle inclinations you have to do the 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 right thing—that's the hard thing—often lead to the most joy. Yeah, often lead to the most joys. Yeah, it's powerful. What are some other ways that you really have found and enhance your relationship with God? Fasting, mm. so, uh, fasting, something um, that you like. Like, I mean, food is like one like sacrificing you wanting to eat something or if it be a technology or a device mm-hmm. um detaching yourself from like your normal routine to to like all right i'm gonna get away i'm mm-hmm. gonna get away with you lord i'm just gonna listen mm-hmm. you know sometimes you won't even have anything to say but just to get to that quiet place and just listen yeah you know like you know abby and i were at Folsom lake and we're in the city all the time so it's super busy we're working we're busy all the time and it's like just being able to go out there and detach from the the norm is so healthy and rewarding and you could you know get closer to the lord um so just like carving out a time for for god just to, just to listen or to get in his word um or to pray or you know listen to a podcast mm-hmm. or you know uh, a sermon on youtube or yeah um so fasting praying reading your bible mm-hmm. do you memorize um, scripture often yeah, yes. sure. It, I mean, you pulled off that you pulled that Deuteronomy quote just our verse just right out. Do you, is that something that you focus a lot of effort into? I would say that's an uh, an overflow of just reading the Bible. <laughs> you yeah. read something enough, yeah, it's yeah. gonna get inside of you, man. Yeah. And the same goes for if you're on, you're listening to trash. You mm-hmm. know, it's gonna get inside of you and it's gonna 100%. come out. So it's a garbage in, garbage out kind of thing. What are you putting in Amen. your body? What are you? What kind of knowledge are you consuming? Yes. What like is going to be who you are if you want to feed yourself with you know healthy stuff like God's word and um, um, just people that you admire and you look up to and that are doing well in the world, then that's going to be who you're going to become. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's a whole nother rabbit hole we could get into. Is the whole garbage <laughs> in, garbage out. Because I'm thinking of like what, well, like especially in high school, like man, we're listening to Lil Wayne, we're listening right. to Jula Santana, we're listening to the, all this trash music that's yeah. just talking about all these horrible things. And I love music, and I think that there's some, 
you know, there, there's a lot of, of skill and stuff in, involved with a lot of those dudes. Yeah, but absolutely. when you're putting that type of content into your head, like you said, it's garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Awesome, man. We have a time constraint, which is unfortunate because I feel like we could talk for a long time, but it was super dope talking with you, dude. Where can people find you and your wife online? What's your handles on, um, on Instagram? On Instagram, honey, what's what's yours? Let me. I'm not sure. Maybe you can put it in the, the link. Yeah, I'll put links in the show notes to both of you guys, and then I'll put links to the video we discussed. I'll put links to uh, your website, which is Innovation Canopy. And then, um, yeah, you guys, I, I encourage you guys to check them out. They're doing awesome things. And, dude, it was really awesome talking with you. Thank you, Nick. It's good seeing you, man. Yeah, Thank you, you too, brother. Special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the instrumental used on the intro and outro of this podcast. Also, a big thanks to the good people over at Capital Floats, which is Northern California's premier sensory deprivation or float tank facility. I am a frequent user there, and I absolutely love it. And for listeners of this podcast, they're offering an exclusive deal, which is three floats for $120 or 20% off the normal price. Just go to capitalfloats.com, choose the three float intro package, and use the promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces at checkout. Please remember that I am not a doctor, so definitely consult with your physician before making any sudden diet, supplement, or lifestyle changes suggested on any of these episodes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can send an email to nick, N-I-C-K, at mylifeenchanted.com, or you can find me on Instagram at mylifeenchanted. Peace.